0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Straight talk. No nonsense. Honest debate. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: I've uh, been hearing the name Tommy Robinson for a while. I can't actually claim to be an expert on Tommy Robinson's life and who he is. But I do know that he was the founder of the English Defense League and now is a a, uh, a member of the think tank Quilliam in the UK. He's also a, quote, self-described journalist. At least that's according to news stories that I've read. And uh, in theweek.co.uk, they write that uh, the English Defense League leader, or former English Defense League leader, was sentenced on Friday. Uh, But another active trial prevented media reporting the case until today. I'm not sure what day that was. This is all sort of coming together. Uh, Hundreds descended on Whitehall on Saturday demanding Robinson's release and protesting against what they see as an assault on freedom of speech by an establishment determined to hush up a child-grooming epidemic. And uh, from what I understand, Mr. Robinson was live-streaming the court appearance of a number of individuals who were either charged or had been convicted already, I think they were charged, of uh, being members of a child-grooming gang, sex gang, and they were grooming girls as young as 11 for... For rape. And uh, this had been going on in the UK for some time in cities like Rotherham and uh, Newcastle. And it appears that the authorities, police and members of parliament and uh, even media, knew this was going on and they have been informed about it by victims. And they did nothing because they didn't want to be seen as being racist or um, just not fair, so they gave in to political correctness, and uh, these young women, the girls, continue to be sexually assaulted and raped. And the story is that most of the individuals, as I gather, most of the individuals who were charged or convicted are men of Pakistani origin and are Muslim, although there are men in the, in the whole episode who are British and who are white and uh, have also been involved in grooming, but I've been reading that that's more on a individual basis this is getting to be very confusing but let me introduce uh, someone who knows tommy robinson gerald batten is a member of the european parliament for london he's a member of the uk independence party or ukip and mr batten knows tommy robinson personally and has been interviewed by him mr batten thank you for taking the time and would you please Share what what we need to know about Tommy Robinson, and and where did i where did I fail to understand the situation that presents itself today?
1: Hello, hello. good evening, Roy, and hello to all your your listeners as well. Um, just a slight correction: I'm also the now the leader of the UK Independence Party, and have been since mid February.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> right, where are you? Yeah, it's a, f- a fairly uh, fair description uh, of what you gave there. Um, it's difficult to describe Tommy Robinson. As he's kind of a force of nature. Um, he's tremendously energetic uh, and uh, motivated. Um, he is uh, also a, uh, very misrepresented and demonised in the British media. Now, he he isn't squeaky clean. He's done a few things in his life that uh, we can't approve of. Um, but when we come to judge uh, this whole thing in retrospect, he will have been found very much to be on the right side of the argument, and he's a terrific campaign, campaigner now as a freelance journalist for in this, uh, this issue, which I, is going to prove to be, I think, the biggest scandal in British national life when it fully comes into the open, which is this kind of industrialised... In fact, grooming is a euphemism. It's about sexual slavery of young girls, uh, and not by you know, a few individual pedophiles and perverts, but whole gangs of men, most of which of you've said, I think the proportion is about 80-odd, 90% Pakistani Muslims up and down the country, who are not just doing this for their own gratification, but it's also a business. It's run out of cab firms. It's run out of fast food shops um, as a cover. And it is literally thousands upon thousands of girls who've been corrupted and uh, sold and misused by these people, and it has been suppressed by our authorities. The and this has now been proved. There's a very good book on this whole subject called Easy Meat uh, by Peter McLaughlin, um, which describes this. And this has gone over over at least the last 30 to 40 years. It was covered up by the local authorities, the people who had responsibility for these girls, because a lot of them were actually in the care of local authorities because they were. That they'd already had troubled home lives and had been taken into care, many of them, but not all. And it was also covered up by the police, and we know that. And it was ignored and covered up by politicians. In fact, uh, one of our government, ex-government ministers, who himself ended up in prison on corruption charges, said that they didn't want to do anything about this because it would have upset the multicultural boat. So they've all been complicit and guilty in this, and it's taken Tommy Robinson, as a as a campaigner, to actually bring this issue into the fore.
0: so so without tommy robinson if i understand this correctly without tommy robinson doing what he did the light would not be shining on the issue of and the people involved in engaged in the uh, the rape gangs
1: well it would have been much less so because you know like a lot of issues it actually needs a personality to bring it out into the full glare even though there's lots of people out there trying to do something about it but it takes, you know, like so much in history comes down to personality, and Tony's certainly got a personality. Uh, and he is the person that has brought this to focus. He's somebody who can get people out on the street to demonstrate in large numbers. Um, he isn't part of the establishment, uh, very much not so. In fact, the establishment want to lock him up and silence him, which is what they've succeeded in doing uh, on the 25th of May last. I mean, would, would you like me to say a bit about that? Yes, please. Right, well, what he did, in fact, uh, the judge was probably within his rights because Tommy had technically breached his uh, contempt of court order because uh, if you go back to 2017 in May, he did film on the premises of the court and he did talk about uh, defendants in the case in a way he shouldn't have done and he was given a three-month suspended sentence for 18 months uh, by the judge in that case um, last week. Well, on the, the um, on the 25th, outside Leeds Crown Court, he was actually filming in the street. He wasn't on court premises. He only referred to the defendants as alleged criminals, and he was reading out details which were already available in the public domain on the BBC website, for example, which was the names of the accused. And the tra- trial was coming to its end. Um, he was live-streaming from the street. The police arrested him, took him into the court, the judge decided that he had offended against his previous contempt of court suspended sentence. Although having read through that judgment myself, it says that there were no conditions attached to the suspension except a further contempt of court of a similar kind. Well, he wasn't doing something of a similar kind because he was only doing what a lot of the mainstream media do outside court cases. We've had many high-profile cases where, for example i don't know whether your listeners will be familiar we had a a a man who had been in the public eye for decades um rolf harris who was an entertainer yes in his, I think he was in his 70s was convicted of pedophile activity yeah the 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 the, the, MA, the the mainstream media were in swarms outside of that case um no, no not just on the last day when the verdict was pronounced but prior to that and they do that in many cases. So Tommy wasn't really doing anything that the mainstream media don't do, except he was there doing it on his own, because they only report on these cases when the verdicts has come in. You'll see a brief bit on the television news. You'll see newspaper reports. Then the whole thing is forgotten until the next case comes up. And there are many of these cases up and down the country. There have been uh, at least in about 38 to 40 different areas of the country. In local authorities, we've had these uh, and that is way behind the numbers that they should have been done over the last uh, few decades.
0: Were other media in in attendance at the time Mr. Robinson was live streaming on, uh, on online at the time? Were they also uh, filming or describing these individuals as they appeared for court? Uh,
1: not, not that I'm aware. Certainly in the brief snippet that I saw where he was being arrested, there didn't appear to be anybody else outside the court.
0: Okay. Now, um, what I find no, particularly interesting and, and somewhat disturbing is that somebody can be arrested, charged, tried, convicted, and imprisoned in five hours.
1: Ah, well, you see, he wasn't. Uh, he was arrested on a suspected breach of the peace, which means that they were frightened and under the law, if somebody thinks, if a police officer thinks there may be a potential breach of the peace, mm-hmm. then he can arrest you uh, because of something you're doing. Now, that's what they arrested him on. That's what the officer says in the video. But the reason that he was able to be sent to prison within a few hours because he was on a suspended sentence and the judge decided that he'd breached the terms of that suspended sentence. I see. Because of what he did outside the court. I see. In May 2017. And he was... Convicted of contempt of court at that trial, and the judge gave him a three-month suspended sentence. What the judge appears to have done here is said that he had broken the terms of his suspended sentence and given him another ten months on top of the three months to make it uh, 13 months in total. All right. So, but as I said, when I've read through the original judgment, it said only if he was did something of a similar contempt to the the, the, the first one he did. He wasn't on court premises. He didn't say that they were guilty he was reading out information about them that was in the public domain he had spoken to a couple of them as they went into court and asked them what they thought and what they thought the verdict would be which of course is something that the mainstream media does uh, all the time to defendants going into the court even mm-hmm. though if the defendant were to answer or, or if a witness were to answer they could find themselves in contempt of court because you're not supposed to talk about the case outside of the court
0: right well and, and but you're right they shout out questions on a regular basis and the individual just continues uh, to cover the court. Talk mean, to, us.
1: to me. When I was a witness in a fraud case oh. uh, where I was the victim. I came out of the court and the media were there waiting for me for to photograph me, asking me for a comment. And I said, you know, I can't give you a comment because I'd be in trouble with the judge and it would mm-hmm. prejudice the case.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Talk to me after the conviction.
0: Mr. Batten, hold on, please. I want to uh, ask you some more questions, particularly about what has happened to these women and these girls who were, the word I guess isn't groomed. They were, they were victims of rape gangs, what happened to them, and why were they not believed? Because the stories that I've read suggest very clearly that some of the victims did actually speak to police and were ignored by police because they didn't want to um, upset the politically correct multicultural balance in the U.K., So if that's correct, we'll find out from Mr. Batten when we come back. He's a member of the European Parliament uh, for London. He's also the leader of the U.K. Independence Party, UKIP. And he knows Tommy Robinson personally. Stay with us.
1: You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is The Roy Green Show.
0: Follow me on Twitter, at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show, I tweeted earlier today that I've, uh, over the last 48 hours, been speaking with people in business in this province, province of Ontario. This is where I'm based, as you know. And uh, three individuals who uh, own and operate businesses have told me that if an NDP government comes out of Thursday's election, that uh, they will move. They will take their businesses out of Ontario and move them to the United States, And all the jobs will go along. And they said that they've been approached by states in the U.S. on a regular basis, providing them with an opportunity and an option to move there and offering them tax freedom for up to 10 years. Well, on Twitter, I just received this uh, from at least Steve Holmes. We've been getting calls for months about locating in the U.S. If the ONDP win Thursday, Magna will leave. Heard that. The ripple effect will be massive. They already have plants in the U.S. where they could move the equipment. One of the people I spoke with, and I mentioned this to you earlier, said that uh, the state that they're looking at or has been approaching them most frequently have offered to build them a facility on the grounds of a former factory in a community where jobs are absolutely required. Ten years of tax-free living and uh, factory-built and homes-built, and that's because they want Canadian, successful Canadian firms in Ontario to move south. Gerald Batten is with me, member of the European Parliament for London. He's the leader of the of UKIP, the UK Independence Party, and we're talking about Tommy Robinson. Now, as far as the individuals who are concerned, and the groups, uh, um, uh, Mr. Batten, the groups who who engage in engaged in and engage in the sexual assaults, the selling of, of girls and young women, the rape gangs, as far as they're concerned. How many arrests have there been? How many convictions have there been? And did victims actually go to the police and report what was happening to them?
1: Right, Um, I haven't got an accurate figure on the number of um, uh, cases that there have been, but there have been dozens of cases up and down the country uh, and uh, dozens of convictions. But these only represent uh, a tip of an iceberg for the actual uh, issue itself and and the, the amount that this is going on. The victims themselves were very often vulnerable children anyway, because as I said to you earlier, they'd been taken into the care of the local authorities. They were in children's homes. Um, they were, the grooming aspect comes in because the young men, the way that this works is young men, accost them at school or in the street, they, they show an interest in them, they buy them presents, they get friendly with them, they take them out, uh, and then they ply them with drugs. This is a common uh, aspect of it. Then uh, they, they have sex with the Original uh, Romeo, as it were, uh, and after that he's introduced to their friends and then they're gang raped, and then they're put out uh, to have sex when they're paid they're taken to places where people come in and pay to have sex with them uh, and it is done on an industrialized scale i 've actually met some of the uh, mothers of the victims, for example, um, and it's not just vulnerable girls in care this is done to ordinary girls on their way to school what's happened is Uh, in many of these cases is that when people have complained to the police the police take the view that these girls are just prostitutes and therefore they're not going to bother about them even though they may only be 12, 13, 14 years of age and this has been uh, attested to and indeed senior police officers have complained about this that the case nothing happens, uh, the police don't pursue these cases and this is what's happened for a long time but now the police have started to act and and many of these cases are coming to court uh, like the one that we're talking about here, mm-hmm. uh, in which uh, Tommy Robinson was involved. Uh, and uh, there are many convictions that have uh, taken place.
0: Now, there's concern.
1: Yes, and it's increasing, but it still only is attacking the tip of an iceberg in what is a very uh-huh. big problem.
0: There's fear that Tommy Robinson may be murdered in prison.
1: Yes, that was the fear. He, uh, he tells us his own story in his book, and he's done a video on this. Whereby he was nearly murdered in prison uh, on a previous occasion when he was put inside, and uh, in fact a colleague of mine, Malcolm Lord Pearson, a member of the House of Lords for UKIP, actually intervenes with the Home Office and got him moved because Muslim gangs now have sway, hold sway in British prisons. There is a phenomenon in British prisons now called taking the mat, whereby non-Muslim prisoners convert in order to for protection, and. They, that that's the way that they survive inside prison. I've met people who've been in prison who've told me about this and how it works. And if uh, Tommy is in prison with, on a general wing where these people are, then uh, then his life will be in danger. What my colleague Lord Pearson has done after Tommy's... Because uh, we don't actually know where he is at the moment. He was in whole prison. Um, I was um, looking forward to be actually going to try and uh, visit him with Lord Pearson. But he's now been moved, but we don't know where. Still can't find out where... And what Lord Pearson has said is that if any harm comes to him, if he's murdered or if he's injured, then he will take out a private prosecution against the Home Secretary uh, for being accessory or negligent in his duty. So he's trying to do that in order to focus um, some publicity on this. But this case isn't really in the mainstream media. There have been demonstrations. I was, I was at one in Downing Street uh, Saturday before last where an awful lot of people turned out and we had some speeches at the end of that uh, and there was another one last uh, Saturday, which I did, wasn't at. Yesterday, I should say. Um, and these are going on, but they're not being reported in the mainstream media, uh, and no attention has been focused on the case at all uh, as in, our, in our TV and news. Right. And, uh, well, and
0: I I do thank That's you for joining. I Mr. Batten, I do thank you for joining us. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but I do thank you for joining us, and quite a few of my listeners contacted me and asked me if I'd do a story on uh, Mr. Robinson. I said, of course I will, given what I know about it, and I'm glad I've, I've, I've had the chance to speak with you. Thank you so much for the time. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, no Gerald Batten is the leader of UKIP, the United Kingdom Independence Party. So no mainstream media coverage in in the U.K., And I haven't seen any mainstream media coverage or very little of it in this country. You can listen back to the interview on our podcasts, and it's RoyGreenShow.com. We'll come right back.